Welcome, everybody. It's time for another episode of Asher Sales Sense, brought to you by Asher Strategies, the only global sales training company that integrates leading sales methodologies and the latest neuroscience studies into a simple and repeatable 10-step process for sales success. I'm Susan Finch, your announcer for Asher Sales Sense. And I'm Dave Potts in the Asher Strategy Studio in Washington, D.C. Our host today is John Asher, CEO and founder of Asher Strategies. John's guest is Dr. Jerry Kahn, president of the Presentation Excellence Group, providing presentation training, leadership consulting, and organizational consulting to startup and Fortune 100 companies, enabling them to win million-dollar deals. The title of the show is Audience-Driven Authentic Presentations. Over to you, John. Gary, great to have you back on the show. Always great to be together. Always great. Yeah, based on our long history together in the Vistage organization. So just start by giving us a big picture about presentation excellence. What is it all about? So a friend of mine and I had been taking a good look at the computer revolution in the 80s, and we looked at it and we made a decision that there was an opportunity that was going to happen where people would be able to use desktop computers and use them to be able to produce the graphics that up till then people were producing by hand for slides, overheads, and color prints. At that point, the only one company that was offering something was using a mini computer and big giant corporations mainframes. So we thought this is an opportunity to revolutionize the industry and basically give people more independence in creating their own presentations. Kind of take that for granted now that what happens actually is people could sit in their own PowerPoint and produce it and produce their own presentations. But the reality was in those days, you had to go to the experts to be able to do it. And that was called Brilliant Image, and I'll get back to that later. After I sold it, I started Presentation Excellence because so many people still did not know how to master the use of graphics for presentations. And so it's a training and consulting organization that at this stage works with high-end projects for companies, very often Fortune 100 companies, private equity, VCs, hedge funds, etc. So when there's a high-stake mission critical presentation and they know that they internally may not be able to do the right presentation they give us a call and we help them out excellent i like the word presentation excellence and how have you kind of narrowed down exactly how it works i know you've got an acronym called adap so how does that work well as i said i started with brilliant image and we actually own that as a service bureau For 15 years, we were a 24-7 outfit, and we were open every day. We were providing slides, overheads, color prints for all of the major investment banks, Fortune 100 companies, et cetera, literally around the clock. I mean, very often I started at 6 in the morning to check that everything was going out fine. During that period of time, when people would ask for presentations, and we would say, look, we can do what you're saying, but you're going to miss the point. You're not going to have the impact you want unless you do certain other things. And we'd sit down and start training them a little bit on how to do it. But they were there just as a service bureau. They wanted to buy the bread. They didn't want to learn how to make the bread. And so (laughs) during that period of time, I thought about it. And I realized what I need to do is follow a story I'd heard years ago about two teachers who were teaching the Bible. And some man comes up to one of them and says, I'd like to learn the whole Bible while standing on one foot. And he goes, you crazy? You can't learn it that fast. Doesn't go that way. Get out of here. 
He then goes to the other teacher and he says the same question to him. And he said, look, what the good book says is don't do to other people what you don't want them to do to you. That's it. The rest is commentary. Do you want to learn or not? And it turns out he did and became a sage that we all know. That gave me the idea of how do I create an understanding of all the stuff that I've learned about presentations that I can explain to people quickly. And after a while, we got it down to really something simple called ADAP, Audience-Driven Authentic Presentations. And the critical part of that is this. Most of us, when we do a presentation, we think about ourselves. What do I want to say? What do I need to tell them? What do I want to make sure that they get? Now, remember, beyond what we're going to put in that presentation is a whole lot of other thinking. It's kind of invisible that we're not thinking about. It's kind of like the cement that keeps the bricks together because we're looking at the bricks, but not the cement, and it's there. But the problem is if you were to present that to somebody, they'd only see the bricks without the cement, and you could huff and puff and blow it all down. So it doesn't work. And so we realize what we need to do is change the reference to focusing on the only people that really count in that meeting, and that is the audience. So audience-driven is focusing on what they need to know, and the key word there is need. What do they need to know, in what format, at what time, that they will also be receptive to accepting. And so that became a very big part of what we tried to do, is become audience-driven and teach people that would work. So for example, if we were presenting as we did for one of the major investment banks, one of their early retirement presentations, we needed a killer slide at the end to do it. And one of our people came up with this idea of having somebody sitting on this yacht with a family around him, picking up a cup of champagne and going, thank you, blank blank, use the name of the company. And with that, they launched their whole thing because it was great. Everyone understood it. The visuals have to explain it. And so that was it. But we also learned that sometimes people want to exaggerate. They want to tell their own story. They don't want to tell the story that the client needs to hear, the audience needs to hear. And so one of the rules we said is the only way you win deals is by being authentic. And so that's where we focused on that. You need to tell us the truth. If you don't know it, explain it. People will understand vulnerability before Brian Brown talked about it. We were saying makes a big difference. But that became the equation. So ADAP became our claim to fame, audience-driven authentic presentations. And we do that with every one of our clients. And that's why we win so many deals. So authentic really means tell the truth, no BS, and have a high degree of integrity. Correct. Do what you say you're going to do, the way it should be done, and do it on time. Is that what you mean by authentic? To a great extent, that's it. It's about you. It's also about your organization. Don't promise something that you can honestly promise, but you know can't get delivered. So it's about the setting as well, what it's going to actually work and how it's going to work for the person. So yes, it's about the integrity of the presenter. An example, just to make a point, is one of our clients at one point was a senior vice president who knew that the president was leaving and there were three, he was one of them, three candidates for the job. And when I walked in the first time and met him, he made it very clear as he closed the door, my job was to make sure he's the winner of the three. And we were doing a phenomenal job getting him there. And one day I walk in and he's, as I walk in, people said, I don't know what happened, but your last presentation just didn't have that kind of ring to it. What was wrong with it? And I'm looking, I don't even know what you're talking about. And then I figured out he had a presentation he hadn't asked for second eyes to look at. 
And sure enough, three months later, he lost his job. Ah, so you could see the uh, return on investment of what you all do right away. 100%. Yeah, that's great. So I like the authentic part because um, all of us are attracted to people that are authentic as opposed to fake or putting on um, like they know more than we know. And there's so many uh, ways to act that turn people off. But when you're authentic and you're vulnerable and you're honest and have a high integrity, then people really gravitate towards you, most people at least. That's true. You should also remember one of the things that's relevant here is that no one delivers a presentation in a vacuum. 99% of the time, there's multiple people making similar kinds of presentations, whether you're bidding on something. I just had somebody, a, a cruise ship, that's asked for an RFP from a company that they want them to produce a kind of a video wall. You can be sure it's an RFP. A lot of other people are going to be presenting similar bids. So yours has to take into account how they're going to see that and what makes you stand out. And that's a very important part of what presentation excellence is. It's taking a look at all of those other variables. Just a quick story. The stories tell these things very well. Um, it's a highly engineered company that's providing, that described itself as a Air Force type company and was invited to a aerospace investor relations meeting and it started designing its own presentation and then they asked me to come in because they were looking to double the market cap of the company and therefore they know they needed some impact again it's higher stakes and as i looked at the statistics the thing that struck me was this company actually made a profit in the middle of a terrible recession and i could bet my bottom dollar that everybody else on that table didn't with that i moved them from the first speaker to the fourth speaker position and we let all the giant companies go first. And each one starts off with, well, we didn't have a very good quarter. We didn't lose quite as much as we thought. We lost a little more than we thought, whatever the case may be. And by the third time, I could see that my presenter, who in this case was the CFO and the CEO, they took turns, were laughing because they understood now what I had done. Because my initial line is when they got up and said, well, I don't know if I belong here. You see, we made a profit. And with that, we continued. <laughs> That's good. John, excuse me, it's time for a quick commercial break. Over 200 correlation studies show that natural aptitude is the most significant factor in predicting sales success. Asher's Advanced Personality Questionnaire, the APQ, consistently identifies peak performers in outside sales, inside sales, sales management, customer support, and 17 other business positions. Go to asherstrategies.com today or call 866 866- 833-9941. That's Asher Strategies at 866-833-9941. We've been speaking with Jerry Kahn about audience-driven, authentic presentations. Now back to the discussion. So Jerry, where does differentiation come in? We all know it's important. And anytime a company has a unique selling proposition where they can say we're the only or we're unique in that, usually has a big impact. Is that a part of your work too? It is. And the key is ADAP. It goes back to what ADAP's about. So let me give you an understanding of how it got started. So we sold the company at the end of 15 years to a roll up of other companies. And we were kind of the major holder of the great 
overnight um, ability to produce graphic presentations. And I was at that point the president of the International Association of Presentation Professionals. And I had then sent a letter to our executive director and said, I'm going to resign because I've got, I'm not in the industry anymore and it's inappropriate for me to be the president. Two, three weeks later, Eileen calls me and says, Jerry, I've got a really unusual request and I think you're the only person who can handle it. I said, what is it? A very, very large construction firm in the Northeast region had made a phone call to her and said, I'm looking for the absolute best presenter out there who can help us design a really important presentation. Could you give, make a referral? And she said, Jerry, he's still the best out there. So would you talk to them? And I said, sure. And at that point, I called the client and I said to him, tell, you know, what I do is I have to always look at your presentation. I have to look at what the context is going to be about. And then I can tell you what I think we should be doing or not doing. And he sends me the information and it was actually a technology channel. What do you do? And half the people that you want to present can't be there. And this was done 20 years ago when the internet wasn't where it is today. So that was the big problem. And actually we forecast where the internet would go as part of the solution. But after I looked at the presentation, I called him Mac and I said, Marty, I'm really kind of troubled by one thing. This is a great presentation. I mean, I can tweak it, but there's gotta be more to this. Why did you call me? And he then laughs and says, I was asked to come in this month to the board of directors meeting. Turns out we've been keeping statistics and we win 92% of the deals. And the chairman, after congratulating me for such a good number, says to me, so Marty, what would it take to get one more percent? And that's why I called you. <laughs> wow. And with that, in fact, if you go to Presentation Excellence, I have many companies, and you go to the About Us, you'll see that stories there because that's what began it. I said to the guy, okay, then I'm going to walk through how to get the solution to this problem for you. And we actually walked him through a kind of a technology solution of how you can get everybody in the same room, even if there are three, four different countries at that stage of the game. And so the differentiation is there are many, many companies that you can turn to to get help on a presentation. But what they're doing is they're just kind of cleaning it up, neatening it out. What we really do is we lift up the hood and we realize some of these spark plugs are just never going to work right, no matter what you do. And how do we rebuild it so that you have the performance engine that you need and you want? And that's what we do. So it's this comprehensive understanding of what the audience needs to hear, what the speaker authentically can present, what the setting is going to do to make it useful. And by putting it all together, it it becomes a winning presentation. And that's important because we won't do just basic training, which you can go to many other companies on, because you don't need that. The key is to understand what is important is sometimes there's a difference between people doing their work themselves. In other words, everyone knows how to use Word. Everyone knows how to use Excel. Everyone nowadays knows how to use PowerPoint and produce something basic. And then difference between the basic information, the data, the charts, et cetera, the pictures, and the difference between that and a wonderful song, if you think of it as music, if you think of it as a presentation, it's a killer presentation. From the beginning to the end, you've got everyone paying attention, asking questions, and knowing what it's about. I think the best way of explaining that is one presentation we did for one client once. 
Uh, and one of the rules, if anyone ever uses us, is you have to call us within 24 hours of the presentation to tell us how it went, because we always have to guess really what we're doing. We just want to be right. And he makes this presentation to a group that he was trying to actually get back work that they had lost because of another company that acquired a bigger competitor and therefore brought them in. And the coordinator of this presentation turns to the five feeds that are in different cities, Chicago, Los Angeles, Atlanta, etc., and says, does anyone have any question? And the silence, and she turns to my client and says, well, no questions. I guess you said it all. And that's the point of a presentation. It has to be that kind of thing. So when you think about the big picture of a presentation, of course, there's the expertise in making up the slide deck, the content. There's how, how does it go from an interactivity standpoint? And then, of course, what's the expertise of the presenter? And there's other factors, but those are three that come to my mind. And I know they're all important. Is there any one of those that really stands out from the rest? That's a great question. So, you know, when we first started, people thought it's all about the content. And therefore, they sacrificed on format very often. In other words, if you just take standard photos or cartoons as a part of your format, that's there. It's, it is for eye candy. It does grab someone's eye over text. So text is the worst. Text with pictures are good. But meaningful pictures of the actual situation and people and situations like that, just like Google rewards you for using real pictures as opposed to stock photo, it's the same kind of thing there. The format makes a difference, the style. But ultimately, it's the style of the presenter, how interactive that person is, because they're essentially the magician. They're binding it all together in some kind of magic. And that's really what's important. And we've seen that in the last year, that many people who understood the value of being authentic, being interactive with an audience, engaging them in the conversation, asking rhetorical questions, asking people to forecast what's going to come in a future slide so they can reinforce themselves, were all part of this interactivity magic that they could put together to do a great presentation and win. And those people who just showed, you know, word slides with three charts and a piece of uh, stick art, they lost out. And so, yes, I think ultimately it's the interactivity of a presenter. And John, you know that also when you think about it. You and I have had this conversation about what's the best time to make a presentation if you're at a conference. And so people always say, well, being the first one there is really very good. But what's the worst one? And the worst one's always being the person after lunch because everyone's sluggish and they're tired and they probably just want to go out and swim or something like that. It's a really tough thing. And unfortunately, I get asked to do that all the time because I'm the one who's figured out solutions to it. And the answer very often is I get off the podium and I walk in and I work the audience. And by interacting with people, they can't fall asleep. They have to pay attention because I could be a couple feet from them as I'm explaining what I'm doing. So it's incredible. It's incredibly important to understand that a key to a great presenter, again, it goes to the authentic. You have to know your material, and you have to know it very, very well, so that you can move around, you can talk, you can move from one topic to another, but always come back to the key message you're trying to deliver. And so that's really where the magic is: becoming a great presenter. 
Yeah, in my experience, I totally agree with that. And the more you can get the audience involved, actually, the better. 100%. All right. Well, terrific. Any other stories, Jerry, that would be interesting for the audience to hear that might emphasize some of your points? Okay. I have one or two that I thought might be of interest to do it. So this is a great example of a company that's a very large company and actually went public the year after we worked with them, in which we were supposed to train the 15 salespeople. And as you know, every company has kind of a template of what the presentation is, and they just change some of the stuff in there for their own thing. Well, one of the things that I discovered early on doing those kind of uh, trainings is that people don't see how other people present, even if it's the same slide, because the presentation that they're making is coming from their brain and not that. And so I decided that I would make that point by showing a couple of different people doing different segments of the presentation. So I went through all the presentations to see how many were common, really worked the same thing. And I discovered something really interesting. One person in the whole group had one less slide. And it was a slide that I kept looking at and saying, I don't even know what this really means. And I then asked somebody at the beginning of the training program, you know, tell me a little bit about her. And she said, you know, this person is the number one salesperson in the country, almost one and a half times the next best person. And I said, and isn't that interesting? The absolute best presenter doesn't have one of those slides in there. So I then asked her before we got to actually do, doing the presentations, tell me, why is that slide not there? And she looks at me sheepishly and says, well, I never understood what that slide is. And I know most of the people here don't either. But, you know, management told us to do it, so we're presenting it. And what I realized right then and there, she had seen everyone's energy just collapsed when they were presenting an inauthentic slide because they didn't understand what it meant. And the reason they didn't understand it was a terrible slide. The point was not anything that they thought it was. And with that, I've learned the importance of every presenter adding their own authentic self to it, including if it means don't being a data dumper and leaving out something that doesn't make a lot of sense. I know for myself, when I'm seeing a presentation, if what the presenter is saying and the graphic do not match just in one slide, that's almost a turnoff for me. It's like, well, what else is wrong with this? Yep, 100%. There's something yep. else wrong, and, and there you have it. Yep. I'll give you one more example. So I have a case of a company that's owned by a private equity firm, and the private equity firm just the year before COVID pandemic came about, decided it's time to get rid of them. Good move, because otherwise they'd have been in trouble. And the company sells dressy dresses. And they, it's a great person, great company, tremendous numbers. Everything was fine. And the first group of companies who looked, they couldn't get a taker. And she then said to me that the PE firm's going to hire another company at a much higher price to do the same thing. And I said, you know something? Why don't you just show me this presentation? And I look at the presentation and suddenly, maybe four or five slides into it, I realize exactly what the problem might be. So I turned back to her and I said, every time you do this presentation, am I correct that the people that you're presenting to are all men? And she goes, yeah, why? I said, because there's a presumption everyone's making, including you, that's incorrect. So I said to her, I know you can't change the presentation, but you could start the framing differently. By the way, I've done this with somebody at a big investment bank, and the guy got a job in, in Silicon Alley out of the same kind of concept of reframing how you present all the information just by taking a little extra time. And so as she presents it, remember, it's about dressy dresses. She turns to everybody. 
and says, I have a question about it. Most of you, if you're going out and your wife's wearing a dressy dress, what are you wearing? A tuxedo. How many of you own your own tuxedo as opposed to rent one each time? And three quarters of them said, yeah, we do. How long do you keep it? I can keep it for three years, four years. Depends on how often I'm using it. Great. So let me ask you a question. When your wife goes with you to these events, does she also wear the same outfit? I'm sure you heard the laughing that day, John. <laughs> okay. I mean, it was just an incredible thing. And they go, of course not. She can't be caught dead in uh, wearing the same dress twice. And she goes, okay, then you need to understand when you look at what we're talking about, we're not like any other piece of apparel. We're in a unique luxury type position where every time there's another purchase. And with that, we close the deal very quickly. Because suddenly they understood all of the anti-retail business that was out there at that time was not relevant for a dressy dress because they're different. Got it. Because just reframe it and change the context. Excellent. You got it. John, unfortunately, it's time for the wrap up. So, Jerry, appreciate you coming on so much. This has been just great. Many of the people listening are walking the dog or driving and, and can't remember a lot or write things down. What would be one or two or three things you would like people to remember? And how can they get a hold of you if they need help in this whole area? Well, the good news is I'm going to make it real short and succinct so they don't have to write anything down. ADAP is four letters. It's an easy acronym. Whenever you plan to do a presentation, use the ADAP formula. It will guide you and it'll help your audience get much more information. The second is a real simple adage. Less is more. We are in an information age, whether it's words or numbers or charts, we tend to put too much down because we're so afraid of leaving something out. But by putting it in, you take away from the impact of the key message. So less is more. And third, if you should always remember that the purpose of a presentation is not about you, it's about the audience. So all of the fear of public speaking, how am I going to come across, et cetera, is not relevant if you focus on the audience. And so it's a really a great tool to understand that ADAP says, I'm focused on the audience, I'm not focused on me, and you become less self-conscious and you do a better presentation. I would finally just tell everybody, Presentation Excellence is the name of the site. My name is Jerry Kahn, C-A-H-N is one word, at Presentation Excellence. And you can call anytime and ask for more information. All right, Jerry. Thanks so much. It's my pleasure. Have a great day. You too. And thanks to both of you. That's all the time we have for today. For our listeners, be sure to subscribe to Asher Strategies Radio on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast venue. You can also ask Alexa to play Asher Strategies Radio. From now until we meet again, John Asher reminds us to please, please get out there and sell something. Thank you.